They just came out with a poll, did you hear? The most popular person in the history of the Republican Party is Trump. Can you believe this? So I said, does that include Honest Abe Lincoln? You know, he was pretty good, right? Oh, if you could have seen the video. The strutting peacock was in full feather that night. Tom Noble, and this is Noble House Podcast. I want to pick up where I left off on my last podcast, uh, the one titled Make America Grieve Again. The very last thing I said on that was to be independent. I was appealing to Republicans to break away, to free themselves from the tyranny of blind party loyalty. And, and so I, I concluded that with saying be independent. At the same time that I'm doing these podcasts, I'm also still pretty active on TikTok. Much of what I've talked about uh, is similar to these, these last two podcasts. Christian nationalism, trying to talk Christians away from Christian nationalism, to see that it's, it's dangerous to both the country and the church. I'm a Christ follower, in that, and, I, and I brought that perspective, the biblical perspective, to why Christian nationalism is idolatry, why it's wrong. I've also... I've also focused a lot on trying to talk Republicans into breaking away from blind party loyalty. Uh, that's become evident in the last four, five, six years because Republicans today stand for many different things than we did throughout the 40, 41 years that I, I had voted Republican. Uh, but I concluded the last podcast by saying, be independent. Well, on TikTok, when I've had similar, albeit much shorter, conversations, I get a lot of comments, and, and, and many people misconstrue what I'm saying. And they, they think that when I say be independent, that that means that there's an independent party and that we're going to go vote for an independent candidate. And that in doing so, we're simply going to wind up diluting the vote and, and handing it, if, 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 let's say, if I'm appealing to moderate Republicans, moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats, that if, if, if we were to peel those votes off to an independent candidate, it may, may um, make the, the, you know, the election of a, of a MAGA candidate more possible. They say, in other words, they, they say, vote blue, vote blue. And my, and my point in the last podcast and in, and in these TikToks, my response is, I'm not saying vote for an independent candidate. I don't, I don't know of any independent candidates. There's now word of a new third party forming called Forward, and other than a very unfortunate name, I'm still waiting to see what it's about. But my, 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 my response to them is I'm not saying go vote for a third party candidate because in most cases there just simply isn't one. I'm saying as an independent voter, you are freeing yourself up from that, that, that autom- automatic 
response of, I must vote for my party. I must vote for my party. It's us against them. And I've got to be loyal. I've, 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 you know, I've got to vote for my party. Instead, I'm saying as an independent candidate, you're more able to look at the issues and the candidates objectively without changing your, your, your basic underlying moral, you know, your principles. So a lot of, a lot of conversation about that. But this podcast, I want to just dip my toe a little bit into the idea of a independent platform. I mean, I get it going into this 2022 midterms. Um, for instance, in my, my congressional district, the choice will be between a MAGA-inspired, uh, endorsed Republican and a Democrat. I can't tell you much about the Democrat. In fact, I don't even remember the Democrat's name. But the, the MAGA-endorsed Republican candidate is new uh, to Congress, would be new to Congress, is endorsed by Michael Flynn. He's probably a future podcast coming soon. And also uh, Republican uh, chair of the, of, the, of the state of Texas. Uh, same people who brought us the recent... Um, hey, Texas should secede, and January 6th was just a peaceful protest. Nothing to see here. What's the big deal? Needless to say, I'm not going to be voting for a Republican. As an independent voter, I will be voting for somebody else and not just throwing my vote away in some kind of protest vote. It will be for somebody to defeat a MAGA candidate. But back to the premise for this podcast. Let's say by 2024... In the, I don't know, state of Texas, where I live, let's say an independent candidate presented themselves to oppose current Senator Ted Cruz. Would people be willing statewide to vote for an independent candidate? And I thought that because I've been challenged. It's one thing to disagree, but what do you believe? And so I, I put it down. It's, it's actually on a website. Uh, if you want to go take a look at that, it's called Noble Senate 24. I have a job. I love my job. I love the company I work for and respect the people I work with. I'm not looking to do something different. On the other hand, if I don't see somebody else stepping up, so I thought this podcast, maybe it would be worthwhile to walk through what would an independent in Texas running for Senate in 2024 stand for? Can't speak for other independents, but one idea would be, you know, let me just give you some, some highlights of what, a, of what, of what a platform might, might look like principles say, for instance, that I believe. I agree with Pastor Tony Evans when a couple of years ago he said that the role of government is to do four things, provide safety, ensure justice, strive for righteousness, and ensure a compassionate, responsible environment that advances freedom for all its citizens. Now, how I would approach that may be different than, than Pastor Evans, but at least those, those pillars those guiding principles, I agree with them. What I think, what I believe, 
is that our government cannot be something our elected leaders are not. And to fulfill this role, our government, our elected leaders, must have a strong foundation of moral integrity. And I think we need to do better as voters in identifying who those candidates are and promoting them and then voting for them. Moral integrity matters. I've been asked on TikTok, what about my faith? Would it influence my approach to politics if I ran? Because it comes up on TikTok. And I know that the real question behind this question is one of concern. These are people who are not Christians, and they're asking, well, I force my religious views on others. And what what I've concluded and then communicated is while I can't separate my faith from my values represented by scriptures such as love your neighbor as yourself and do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God, I do believe in the importance of the separation described by James Madison when he said, quote, an alliance or coalition between government and religion cannot be too carefully guarded against. Religion and government will both exist in greater purity the less they are mixed together. If you listen to my prior podcast on Christian nationalism, that probably sounds familiar. January 6 was a crossroads moment for me. Although I had been engaged in several years of soul-searching, the assault on Congress to interfere with the peaceful transfer of power and the posturing of denial that followed finally compelled me to choose between loyalty and principles, between party and country. As an independent, as an independent, I believe we must stop seeing those that disagree with our political views as enemies to be hated. We cannot, quote, love our neighbor, as Christ said, while engaging in scorched earth total war politics. Neither should we be forced to turn a blind eye to the morally corrupt character of the person seeking office simply to be able to vote for the policies of our party. For that matter, we shouldn't let the policies of either party and the resulting herd mentality of both, the left and the right, define us. We can't continue to let politicians clinging to power divide us by appealing to our worst instincts. My response to this compelling of compliance with the party line or the ex, the extortion of my vote and support through fear-mongering is to claim my political independence. As an independent, I'm bound to no political machine, and I'm free to vote my conscience, accountable to voters, not the party line. We, the voters, have got to expect more. We, we should look for leaders who are servants at heart, whose love for this country compels them to appeal to those qualities that unite us and inspire us to become our best selves. We should expect our political leaders to represent the best of our American character and integrity. It's not just about politics or policies. The, the character of our political leaders is critical. Our government and country cannot be something that our leaders are not. So rather than go issue by issue, I'd rather go down the list of guiding principles and, and, and what are some ramifications of those. So these are, these are principles that I aspire to and their implications to governing policies. As I already mentioned, 
the four basic pillars, the four basic roles of government are to provi- uh, provide safety, ensure justice, strive for righteousness. I need to explain that a little bit to non-Christians, what that would look like in a political environment. I mean, basically, I think it, it, in my interpretation of that, my, my application of that would be that we need to protect and improve our national character and integrity. I'll explain that. Fourth, we need to ensure a compassionate, responsible environment that advances freedom for all its citizens. First, provide safety. And guys, this is just a list, um, but I'll, I'll go through it as quickly as I can. What would an independent running in 2024 against Senator Ted Cruz potentially cite as their guiding principles, their platform? A belief in strong defense. A military deterrent with the best equipped and trained military in the world. Police that are trusted by the community and integrated within the community. Secure borders with fair, rational immigration because it should not be left to Mexico or the cartels to determine who or how many of other nations' people enter our country. It's the responsibility of the United States. But at the same time, we need an immigration philosophy that is fair, rational, because it welcomes immigrants who want to contribute to our culture and economy rather than a closed border simply designed to keep everybody else out. Not to mention when that desire is rooted in a fear and, and racist perspective. Citizens should have the right to defend themselves, but they are not entitled the ability through arms to overthrow a government they disagree with. Last point on providing safety is that we need to have energy and critical supply chain independence. We must not be at the mercy of other nations, governments, and resources. Second principle, pillar, ensure justice. Again, trusted police integrated within and reflected with the communities that they serve. Secondly, equitable enforcement of laws and sentencing, regardless of who you are. Third, an important conversation needs to occur concerning the death penalty. I'm a Christ follower. Christ on the cross presents pro-death penalty Christians a challenge. Remember, Christ was executed with two criminals, both justly condemned. The third criminal, being executed Christ, was an innocent man, facing false accusations and false testimony. We have got to have safeguards to protect the innocent when an otherwise just system fails because of the flawed nature of its citizens. Third principle. Strive for righteousness or protect and improve our national character and integrity. This would include a number of things, beginning with dignity of life. And when I say that, I agree with what others have said. That means from the womb to the tomb. But it also means health, security, and hope. Each one of those one at a time here. I'm neither, guys, listen, I am neither pro-life nor pro-choice. After several years of soul-searching, I now believe that the current political construct of this debate has become so entrenched that it's tearing us apart. As I really have thought through this, I have prayed about this, I have listened to many other people with differing opinions than me. I've now decided I am pro-young mother or woman confronted with an unwanted pregnancy. I'm pro-policies that help her have confidence that she will be supported with health care, child care, and a job that can support a young family. Pro-choice advocates are not baby killers, 
And most pro-life advocates really do believe that a fetus is a life worthy of existence and protection. We all believe it's a human life at some point. The question is when. From a political perspective, I'm resolved to respect the law and trust science. Regardless of the laws in place, we have got to deal with this issue recognizing the humanity in all of us. We have got to be able to talk with each other and to listen. And dignity of life extends beyond birth. Too many, and I've been in the pro-life camp for decades, too many pro-life people talk about the importance and dignity of life but become indifferent or even cruel in how they view those babies once born, confronted with their prospects of life and the challenges ahead of them. We have got to see this picture as an all-encompassing concern for the dignity of life. Health. Maintain a health care system while addressing the gaps in coverage. Security. We've got to support current energy and manufacturing sector jobs and the families depending on them while staying out of the way of entrepreneurial development and new technologies. And we've got to provide hope. We've got to challenge our private sector to invest in its markets and its workforce through budget-neutral cost reduction of and improved access to higher education and trade skills training. Our country, our society is better off when people are free to pursue their potential and the things that they, that they could achieve if, if it wasn't cost prohibitive. We need to help each other. Fourth pillar, we need to ensure a compassionate, responsible environment that advances freedom for all its citizens. Personally, I believe that bureaucracy smothers compassion and that this responsibility falls first to individuals, then to organizations and communities, government should be the solution of last resort. We need to have improved civil discourse and mutual respect that make everything else possible. We need to have lean, efficient government that actually adds value to whatever it touches. We need secure jobs and innovation in the energy sector, manufacturing, and technology. We need to be better stewards of the environment. Our waters and lands are gifts to be appreciated, enjoyed, used for our benefit, restored, preserved, and improved. Accessible higher education and trade school. Budget-neutral cost reduction, improved access to higher education and or trade school training. And finally, we need to have a simplified fair tax code where everyone pays their fair share, particularly those with more to share. I think our two political parties are currently so entrenched that something like this would be hard. I, I, I don't think that either party is able to redefine itself very well. I think the pressure will come from outside. I think the pressure could come from a growing number of independents that I, I've seen evidence in, of in the last year. I think, I, I believe strongly that there are many people who are represented by the principles I just outlined. And that if they would take off their political team jerseys, I think more and more of us could agree. Conventional wisdom says that an independent candidate splits votes of one of the two established parties. Depends on which way they lean. And that that in turn enables victory to the remaining party. But I'm reminding people in forums like TikTok 
when I talk about being independent, the conventional wisdom never foresaw the implosion of one of those two entrenched parties, as is now happening to the Republican Party. This is a crossroads moment when we can decide if the cost of blind party loyalty has been too high, that truth cannot be ignored, but it must be confronted. Y'all, we have got to fix this. Like I said, my last podcast I dealt with just being an independent voter, freeing yourself up from, I've said it now a number of times, but blind party loyalty. But just think for a minute. If we had more independent candidates, I think that what I just described is a series of principles worth pursuing. If we had more candidates that appealed to that broad middle of moderate Republicans, moderate Democrats. It's harder for me to speak to Democrats because, as I've said, I've been a Republican my whole life. But I'm hearing from, well, I'm going to say a lot, I don't know what proportion, but a lot of Democrats who seem frustrated with the Democrat Party. And some of them, over time, have tended to to align with, with me. And, and, and at least on on matters of just the need for moral integrity, um, you know, moral courage in the political field, in the political uh, arena. So in the meantime, we need to apply those expectations, those standards, those principles in the 2022 midterms. When we look at Republican and Democrat candidates, but think about it. By 2024, Would you be willing to vote for an independent candidate espousing the principles that I just walked through? I'm just curious. 2024 is not that far away. And uh, given that I'm a Texan, I feel the need to focus on the, uh, uh, the race involving Ted Cruz in the Senate because I feel strongly that Ted Cruz is... One of the, the one of the chief perpetrators within the Republican Party of seducing the party to a populist Christian nationalist perversion of what we used to be, and I think it needs to change. What do you think? Would you be willing to vote for an independent candidate? 